0: The text that we're going to be working out of today is going to be Matthew chapter 13. If you want to go ahead and turn there, if you're a person that likes to have your Bible open and ready, that's where we're going to be. Um, I've got four beautiful nieces and uh, a stinker of a nephew, but I love them all. Um, and there's this funny story that my wife has of Our oldest niece one time, she and one of my other sisters was watching her, her name's Winnie, while her mom was at a doctor's appointment or somewhere out doing something. And Taylor and my sister were watching Winnie and she was telling them something, telling them a story and they're like, yeah, thank you. And then she kind of stopped talking. So Carly, which is my sister, and Taylor started having a conversation and a few minutes later they hear, hey! And they turn and look and Winnie is looking at them kind of indignantly and she looks at Taylor, my wife, and she goes, you need to learn something. And Taylor says, I need, I need to learn something. She goes, yes, you need to learn to listen the first time. And just, Then Winnie proceeded to tell her something. It was not that important, but Winnie's point was, hey, I'm trying to tell you something and there's this, gentle, small little voice that's trying to tell Taylor and Carly something, but they were caught up in conversation with one another. So um, that I think is not a perfect story, but a little bit of an illustration of there sometimes is this small, still voice that is trying to speak to us. uh, And that's what we're gonna be talking about today is awakening us to hear that voice. Um, so Matthew 13, we're going to stop at or start at the top of the chapter here, uh, in verse one. So that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up. But since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. And other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. Multiple times throughout the gospel accounts, Jesus has this refrain. He who has ears, let him hear oftentimes when we hear this refrain from Jesus, it's after he has made some sort of statement about the kingdom of heaven or his ministry or the reality of the work that he is doing. It often follows a parable uh, or some other kind of seemingly to us archaic, almost kind of riddle language that you have to sit and like decipher what Jesus is saying. But each time Jesus gives this refrain, he who has ears, let him hear. He's not addressing his disciples. He's addressing what the gospel accounts call the crowds, which is different and from his disciples the people who follow him who pledge allegiance to Jesus as their rabbi and as the messiah of Israel which is still different from the disciples are even a distinct set apart thing from the 12 which was Jesus's inner core group that followed him closely everywhere he went The crowds in the New Testament are the bystanders. They're the people who see Jesus healing and performing miracles, who come out and hear his sermons, but at the end of the day, they just return to their homes with an interesting story about this weird rabbi from the boonies out in Nazareth. And it's to the crowds that Jesus gives these parables and says, he who has ears let him hear. And after the story we just read, his disciples, the people who follow Jesus, came to him and they asked this question. They said, why do you speak to them in this way? Why do you speak to them in these parables, in this kind of hard way of understanding what you're really trying to say? And this is Jesus's response. If you want to follow along, we're picking up in verse 13. This is why I speak to them in parables, Jesus said. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For the people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Jesus here, in response to his disciples' question, is telling his disciples, he says, those faces in the crowd are witnessing the kingdom of heaven breaking through on earth. I have shared with them the truths and realities about the kingdom of heaven, but they don't understand. They have ears, but they don't hear, and the things that their ears are hearing, but they're not understanding, are things that many prophets of old longed to hear. In short, he's saying, the thing Israel, the thing our people have been waiting for, is here, in me, here and now. It's happening right now, and they are missing it. Has this ever happened to you? Have you been like Taylor and my my sister who uh, were busy in their own conversation and missed something going on around them? Or have you ever been reading a book and you reach the bottom of the page and you realize you didn't actually, you read the words, but you have no idea what you just read down that entire page? Or listening to a podcast driving down the road Do you get five minutes in and you're like, I have no idea what this podcast is even about because my mind has been somewhere else? Or even worse, has this happened to you in like actual face-to-face conversation with someone where you're sitting there over dinner and your mind is thinking about something with work and you've totally missed conversation with this person? Or have you ever uh, had your spouse or someone close to you say, you're not hearing me, you're not listening, you're not hearing me? This is the crowd. It's in one ear and out the other for these crowds. And I don't know about you guys, but I fear that sometimes I find, or too often I find myself in the crowd instead of in Jesus's group of disciples. Observing Jesus, but not hearing him. Being surrounded by works of the kingdom of heaven, but not listening to what's going on. Sometimes it's because I'm just not listening. I'm not being observant. And sometimes it's because, honestly, sometimes I don't want to. Have you ever been there where you feel like you're like, I don't want to hear what you have to say right now? The crowds, they had it a little easier than we did, didn't they? They had Jesus there with them in front of their eyes. And we don't have the uh, benefit of having Jesus in the flesh here with us. Instead we have iPhones and Netflix and Spotify and a million other things in our lives saying, "Hey, listen to me. I listen to me. Listen to what I have to say." And I talked about this a couple weeks ago with with you guys, but this is one reason why we fast is to slow down our lives. We set aside times in the day when we're fasting to be in more intentional prayer and communion with God. And as we tame the disordered desires of our flesh, we quiet the voice of temptation and the voice of the devil in our lives and create space for the voice of God to speak. As we turn down one volume knob, we turn up the volume knob on the voice of God, or at least turn down the noise to allow God space in our lives. This season, as I mentioned earlier, one of our prayers is that God would awaken us to hear him. It's a prayer for us to not be a face in the crowd, but to be people that hear and understand what it is Jesus is saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying in our lives and to respond to that, to step out of the crowd and step into that group of disciples to follow Jesus and become a disciple. Sometimes I wonder though, um, if this refrain that Jesus gives, he who has ears, let him hear, is not only a, hey, listen up, this is important, but is also a prayer over those crowds, saying a prayer to his father saying, Lord, let these words not fall on deaf ears, but let those who have ears, let them hear, Father, and receive the kingdom of God. So um, when I was preparing for this last night, I was praying and I was, saying a lot of things, and then I stopped, and I just felt the spirit within me say, Gentry, sometimes you have to stop talking to hear me and let me talk. And so that's what we're gonna do for the rest of this little gathering here. I'm, really, I'm already done talking to you guys, and um, I'm going to lead us through a practice of Lectio Divina, uh, some of you are familiar and have been around for us doing this before. Some of you may have no idea what the weird words I just said are. Though, those words, Lectio Divina, is just Latin for uh, spiritual reading, and it is an ancient practice of reading a passage of scripture. <laughs> Prayerfully, So it's different from your annual reading plan or your intense devotional study. It's a way of sitting with a passage of scripture and reading it prayerfully and allowing the voice of God to speak to you through these words. Um, so before we really dig into that, I'm going to lay like a... Uh, An outline for you guys of what this practice is going to look like before we fully step into it. Um, So first thing we're going to do is just prepare to meet with God. I'm going to uh, have a timer up here, so don't worry about time, but I'm going to just allow us some space to uh, quiet our bodies and our minds and just be prepared to meet with God as we step into this passage. And then I'm going to read over us, still Matthew 13, picking up where we left off. I'm going to read verses 18 through 23. If you want to follow along, I highly recommend following along in your Bible. But we're going to read through one time very slowly. And as we read through this first time, I want you to just pay attention to the words, pay attention to any words that kind of Sparkle or leap off of the page that catch your eye and stick with you. Those are the words that you should pay attention to. And I'll give a little bit of time between, and then we're going to read through it a second time. And as we read through this second time, on our second journey through the text, allow the text to connect with you personally. Which words or phrases assume a particular resonance with your heart in this season of life or um, with you in this moment? And ask yourself questions like, what do I need to know or be or do in light of this text? And after those two readings, um, we're just going to have a time of response is the next kind of moment movement in Lectio Divina where you take what you are feeling and you sit with it you process it and you respond to God however that looks and then finally just resting in that oftentimes we uh can get into a spiritual exercise or discipline like this, and we do it and we do it and we're done and on to the next thing. Um, but with Lectio Divina, we want to take a moment even after the fact, and just sit in the reality of what just happened and just to reflect and contemplate and just accept and receive what uh, the spirit is stirring in our hearts. So with that, um, I'm going to go ahead and start that timer. Um, And we're going to start off with just a little bit of silence. Just pray silently and prepare your hearts and minds for this practice of Lectio Divina. Jesus said to them, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. That is what is sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is he who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. Take a moment and just, if there was any words or phrases there, just sit with those for a minute before going through the passage one more time. On this next passage, just reflect on those words as we read through and what the voice of God might be speaking to you through this scripture. Hear then the parable of the sower. If anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, Immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. I'm going to give us a few more minutes to respond um, to whatever the voice of God is stirring in your heart, whatever emotions, whatever this is speaking to you. Just take some time and respond to God and talk to God about your experience. As you kind of finish up um, your response in your prayer time here to, uh, to the voice of God in this passage, uh, I invite you to just take another minute as you wrap up your response to just receive this moment, to just sit in it and to just sit in the presence of God and receive his word. Father, thank you for this family, for the people in this room. Lord, thank you for the, for the way that you speak and move through Scripture and through your body, Lord. God, I just pray over this church that you would help us to become people that hear and understand you, Lord. Would you help me to hear you and to understand and to step out in, in following you, Lord? I don't want to miss out on your kingdom. No way. I don't want to miss out on that. Thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, we're going to now move just to our time of communion. There's... If you're on the inside aisle, there are uh, bowls of communion underneath you that you can grab from and pass along the rows. Uh, And as you guys are gathering communion and taking that, um, continue in your um, contemplation and response. And if you want to share with someone around you, um, anything that you feel that the spirit is leading you to share, Or to just work through and talk through with someone. We invite you to do that with those around you. Um, And then in a few minutes, we'll get started here in our closing time of worship.